praise God that the Word of God is unchanging. Thank you, amen. When things are changing all around us, yeah, when the world's and it's going faster than we ever imagined, uh, the Word of God stays the same. Praise, praise God for that. Well, this morning we're looking at uh, heart obedience. And as part of uh, that heart of obedience, uh, the theme this week of uh, when giants fall, and you've heard the past couple weeks how giants fall in different ways, in different forms, but today we're looking at the heart of obedience. Heart of obedience. If you want to follow along and uh, insert the outlines in front of you there at the very bottom, it's a simple word. When you hear this message, when you hear uh, God's word, uh, maybe one or more of these are you want to respond to. Maybe today God's within your heart and act of obedience. Just you maybe you already know about this word, but maybe in the message uh, you come to the altar and God, I want you to do a new thing in my heart. My mind, my soul, in my body. God, as an act of obedience, I'm going to come to this altar. Or maybe in some spiritual way, in line with God's word, this week I'm going to pray Psalm 91, verses 1 through 11, all week long. Now that, that prayer, the scriptures, what I call a 9 11 prayer, uh, emergency prayer, pray it all week, and that's God and work in us. When God has a fresh awakening take place, February 9th and 11th. Or maybe the third thing is that, you know what, I've never done this before. Or, you know, I, did, I come to everything in the church, when the doors are open, I'm there. Uh, maybe you put down a third thing that I want to attend a fresh awakening on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Maybe not, not every single one, but most of them, majority of them, a few of them. I think God's preparing this church. For our fresh awakening that weekend, February 9, 10, 11. A lot of great speakers, right? great messages, a lot of good information about the work of the Holy Spirit, about healing. Maybe you need to be healed in some way or form, and that will take place on that weekend. So be thinking about that as you hear the Word of God preach this morning. Well, I, one of the verses that uh, we're looking at is this one up here on the screen. Uh, the Lord has sought out a man, that would be David. The Lord sought out a man after God's own heart and appointed, appointed him ruler of God's people. A man after God's own heart. That's passion. That's zeal for God. Wanting to know God's heart. You just hear passion in those, in those few words in that one verse. And God sought out David. Let me just tell you a few stories as we kind of lean into this. I have a heart of obedience for the love of my life. Andy Randolph, Andy King, February 12th, maybe 30 years. 30 years. Seems like 10 years. Seems like we're still newlyweds. I have a heart of obedience for my love of my life. 
and she and I, this passion together, have created a covenant of marriage that both of us embrace. You could say that we're one love, one in Christ, and one in obedience to each other. 30 years. Daily. The passion and love for each other. What a gift. What a gift God has given me, given her, given us together. heart of obedience. And with this heart of passion for one another, we are journeying together, moving forward, and we see fruitful things in the future. Oh yes, we can look back and see our children. But together, we see a beautiful future. One in obedience. And with being one in obedience, we also face the difficult times together, the rough roads together, the big storms together, knowing on the other side, God is faithful. God is faithful. When he sees obedience in the hearts of two that are not one. Do you know passion? Did you hear the passion? Did you, did you hear the heart for, for one another? 30 years. Now here's uh, another story from history. Let's say 500 years ago. In 1517, there's a person by the name of Martin Luther say that it was the beginning of the Reformation 1517. All last year Germany probably across the world celebrated Martin Luther 500 years. He had a heart of obedience. Heart of obedience. And with his heart of obedience he took out a course where no one else was going no one else. At a time, a part of the, the Roman Catholic Church and how he read Scripture and how he interpreted Scripture and how he heard God speak to him, he saw that he had a heart of obedience. And with his heart of obedience, he saw a church institution going the opposite direction where God wanted it to go. And there came a point when he stood before the authorities and authorities asked him, we want you to renounce everything that you've said, everything that you've written, and everything that you believe. And what did Martin Luther say? He said these words. Here I stand and I have no other place to go. Here I stand, 
I make no other. He had a heart of obedience. This man had to have passion. He had to have guts. He had to move forward, even though there were those around him who were going the wrong way. Now, there's a couple things that were going from him in history. The written word became print. And what he wrote and put on the door, the Duke made over and over and over again. And common folk, common people, read the words and believed what he believed. So if you might say he was a rock star, with all kinds of momentum behind him by the populace. That's how he could take a stand. But in reality, he had a hard obedience because of this one bit of revelation in faith alone. That's how I know Jesus Christ. That's how I know that I'm saved. That's how I know I'm forgiven. That's how I know in faith alone. God gave him a revelation from Scripture and showed him the way. I have a passion for my one and only. Martin Luther had a passion for the Scripture and for his one and only Lord and Savior. And here in the Scripture this morning, David David, that was least of all the brothers, that stood out in some special way because of his heart. And God saw his heart and saw it as a heart that was molded and shaped after God's own. A heart of passion, a heart of love. So when I think of that, I begin to see how we do have this outstretched arms. God, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. I stand at the door. Jesus, will you open the door and let me in? God, I'm praising you. I'm honoring you. God, here I am. God, I want to be obedient. And this is what I think the message is all about. A heart of obedience, a heart of obedience stands firm and watches the giants fall. That's what I see. Say that for me, will you? A heart of obedience stands firm and watches the giants fall. What's your giant? May be answered in the heart of obedience. One in Christ. One in faith. One in trusting God alone. Here I stand. I make no love. Well, how we take a stand, I think, is in three ways. One is that heart of being seeks to worship God. You're seeking to worship God. You're finding ways to put God in the center of your daily life. As you seek to worship God, what I see here is that that's in the scripture, right? First Chronicles 29, 10, 11. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Yours, Lord, is the greatness and power and glory and majesty. 
and the splendor for everything is yours. David hide this off the corners and God, I'm, I praise you, I honor you, you're splendor. And you want to I know you have everything. But he said it in front of the whole assembly. A king, a leader, a powerful man. He says, God, I worship you, and everything is yours. Imagine King David and the wealth at the time that he possessed. <laughs> That's honor. That's obedience. An obedient heart worships the owner of all things. Can we wrestle with that? In our relationships, married relationships. Oh, that's your job. This is my job. That's your checkbook. This is my checkbook. And we wrestle with those. We don't we do that? We do that, don't we? Wonder if somehow, you know, how God works it out in our relationships that, wait a minute, it's not yours, it's not mine, it's, it's God's. So let's say, how can these sources? pull together for good to honor God. Let's go beyond things. Let's go, let's say, our gifts, our talents, our will. God, you know, this is my will. I'm going to do what I want to do. And then and Proverbs a lot of times says, you can do what you want to do, but God's going to, going to plan your steps. God again is going to have God's way. Maybe from the very beginning, we would have a beating heart. So God, you're the owner of all things, and I'm going to step into your will. And I have done that. Or who did that? David did that. It seems like that might be a healthy thing for us to consider. As we worship God and honor God, He's the owner of all things. Psalm 100. It's one that you probably have memorized and you know that verse 2 says, Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before the Lord for your joyful songs. Fair is the Lord Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, remember me. Giving God our hearts. God, my heart's broken. I'm giving it over to you. Heal me. God, my soul hurts. God, heal my soul. God, here I am. I worship you. You have answered my prayer. You have given me a healthy life. You have, you have blessed me more and more each day. God, I honor you. I praise you. Worship is an attitude of the heart. And we worship God. We put God first. The heart becomes healthy. Let's eat healthier. On the course, we want to honor God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second idea of a heart of obedience when we stand firm, we watch dimes fall, is you'll receive favor of God. You'll receive God's favor. You'll receive mercy. God will favorably upon you. You have a heart of obedience. That's what happened with David. Why was David's, I mean, 
Why David? How come you got all the blessings and favor? You know, learn obedience. He was a human being, but and all his frailty and all his human nature, but that he had a heart of obedience. Proverbs 8 34. Blessed are those who listen to me. Are you listening to God? Blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors. Waiting at my doorway. For those who find me will find life and receive favor from the Lord. It's a daily activity. It's looking out and, and not being at another place, but being at God's door, God's place. Looking for God's favor. Finding God in the midst of that. This is a picture I've used several other times with names you don't know and really see from, from the projection stuff. But this is the Church of St. Anne near the Pool of the Seda. And so priests are someone who's kind of minding the doorway because there's an open door. And if you go in there, it's the sanctuary. <coughs> and the altars as you go through there. But this particular man has a Bible in his hand. And it just has to be a chair, an empty chair right there. Now, probably from time to time, he gets tired after part of the day, he sits down. Maybe, I don't know. But I like seeing that empty chair. It tells me that this man is vigilant. This tells me that he, he's waiting to hear from God. Sometimes, I mean, personal. You need to get out of your pew and stand at the door. You need to get out of your pew and get down here to the altar. Not for anyone else to say, oh, they yours or the kingdom of God. Because if you do, here it is, if you do, you'll be blessed. What's wrong with that? If you listen, you'll be blessed. If you wait daily, you'll be blessed. If you seek me, you'll find me and you'll receive favor. What's wrong with that? We need to see some empty chairs and be about experiencing God's favor. A heart daily tuned in to obedience will receive favor from God. I might put this together I'm Saw the word tuned in. I had to think back when I was a little kid, living at 456 Merriman Street. That's how you say it. It wasn't 456. 456 Merriman Street, Greenville, Ohio. Um, in the living room, mom and dad can say, Here's the couch, here's the TV, and uh, black and white console, a huge thing, watching whatever channel it is in black and white. Walter Conkright, Walter, CBS News, whatever it is. But the one unique thing about this TV is that every once in a while, it would, uh, it would go horizontal, kind of go, kind of slide through from time to time. And you, you could either go up to it and kind of tune it in a little bit to make that picture she rolls up rolling, or from time to time, sit on the couch, and do that, and it stop. My brothers and I, 
that Thanksgiving, we, we were just all on the floor. <laughs> That's how we tuned in the TV, the first remote control, you know, <laughs> for us. A heart tuned in to obedience received God's favor. Sometimes you got to shake things up to experience God's favor. So in what ways are you actively seeking to honor God in your life? What, what ways are you actively seeking God to honor God in your life? Well, third and final is uh, part of means gratefully accepts God's will. Gratefully accepts God's will. Boy, that's hard. Accepting God's will. Gratefully accepting it. <clears throat> Second Samuel seven, because David had a wrestling match with God. When your days are over and your rest, your ancestors, you rest with your ancestors, I God, I will rise up, raise up your offspring to succeed you. He Solomon. Solomon is the one who will build a house for my name. David? I know you had a desire to build a house for me. I know you wanted to do it. But when you're dead and gone, and some people don't know you anymore, and you're with your ancestors, remember this. I'm going to allow your son, your ancestor, Solomon, to build a temple that you wholeheartedly wanted to do yourself. Wow. A heart of obedience stands firm and watch giants fall. Does your ego need to fall? Does your will need to fall in place with God's will? That's a heart of obedience. That takes guts. <clears throat> David accepted God's plan for his son to build a temple and thank God for the provisions. How about that? This is a an old Sunday school picture. Maybe it looked like this, maybe it didn't. King David realized, son, this is how I wanted it done. This is, this is, this is, this is the plan. Yeah, and God says, you're going to be going to the temple. And you know what? You do not have to raise a dime. You, son, Solomon, you do not have to find provision. Because I've already provided everything that you need so that you can build the temple. And Solomon built the temple in seven years. Kurt and Annie had 30 years together, building a life together, love relationship together, children together. Still got a lot of years to go. God has provided. God will provide. God, 
know whatever my children choose to do, they'll hopefully go take the course of God's plan, God's will, but that's out of my control. They're adults. Martin Luther, as an act of obedience, took a stand, watched the giant, giant fall, and then the course of history took place. Reformation, Protestantism, a new way. David accepted God's will, went after God, provided provisions, and the temple. <coughs> Take a call. 